verse 16. A little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me? Truly, truly, oh, amen, amen, or oh, verily, verily, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When the woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you, have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. This is the living, inerrant, inspired, holy word of God. Let us pray. Father, we stand in awe of you and are under the auspices of your word, your written word we've come. Your word is the magisterial. Your word is the authority. Your word is the final authority. Underneath it, we have come. The rich, the poor, the educated, the non-educated, the have and the have not, the weak, the strong, the healthy, the not so healthy. All of us have come together today for your word. Your word is for all of us. It is for our healing. It is for our encouragement. It is for our discipline. It is for our chastisement. Lord, it is for our correction in righteousness. Underneath your word we have come. Grant us a heart that is tender, a circumcised heart, that we may receive the engrafted word that is able to save our soul. Use me, O oh God, as an instrument of honor, that I may speak your word in season without guile or embellishments and without injury. 
to my own soul and to the soul of my hearers today. Bless the preaching and the teaching of your word and let all glory be given to you at the end of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please get back to your seat. Mm. I have been in the book of John. I'm running a series to the book of John. Last week we were in from verse 4. Verse 4 up to verse 15. We were there. And today we continue in our studies through the book of John. This part of the scripture is what we call the upper room discourse. This is the night penultimate to his arrest. Not even penultimate. This, I think this is the night he was arrested or the night penultimate to his, the night before his, yeah, he was uh, arrested. <clears throat> so he brought up his disciples to the upper room where the discourse that begins from <clears throat> maybe chapter 13, uh, particularly maybe chapter 14, down to chapter 17, uh, happens. And uh, it, is for, it was for their encouragement, and it will be for our own encouragement here this morning. At this point in verse 16, Jesus kept telling them, a little while I will go, a little while I will come back. <clears throat> and the disciples could not really get it. And this is very, very poignant that it is possible, see, our, our fallenness is so deep that even sitting down under the ministry of Christ does not automatically translate into understanding. The, I mean, it was, this, this, this is honesty. Jesus himself was talking, and these men could not get it. They are apostles that could not get it. It's a great possibility. And you must be aware of your own fallenness that sitting here and looking at me does not equate to understanding in and of itself. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, apart from the illuminatory work of the Holy Spirit, you may not get what the Lord says. So they, they were arguing and, and kind of musing among themselves. What is he talking about? We don't understand. And it was in their plan to approach Jesus and ask him, what, what, what are you talking about? But Christ knew what they were talking about because he is God. So uh, I knew what you guys are talking about. Why are you asking in yourself the idea of a little while? Because the subject that I'm considering with you this morning is your sorrow will turn to joy. Sorrow will turn into joy. So th there are two a little whiles that we will see from this passage. The first one is the short little while. A little while and you will see me, verse 16. A little while you will see me no longer. And again, a little while you will see me. And straight on, this refers to the arrest and the humiliation that Christ will face uh, under 24 hours. Christ, being with these people for three years, 
are running, and now he is going to the cross to pay the price for sin and become an atoning sacrifice for his people, the elect. So in, in the short while he's telling them, I will be taken away from you. Christ will be arrested, will be humiliated, crucified, and then die. And three dark days, three terrible humiliating days, the disciples will bear. And he told them in verse 20 that they will weep and they will lament. As it were, there will be adult weeping on the day of that calamity. And the world will be rejoicing. So what it will mean is that the day Christ was arrested, this man, the, the, I mean man, Peter was over 50 years of age, will be crying literally. Their master, their benefactor, is now hanging on the cross helplessly. They, they, even if they want to help, there was no opportunity to do so. And they could not even help at all because of the army. Because of the circumstances, he was left alone hanging there by himself. So there was tears. There were laments among the disciples. And, of course, on the other hand, Satan, the high priests, the chief priests, and the entirety of the people of Israel, those who were against Christ, were full of joy. Why? This man that says, uh, I, will, I, will, um, I will break down the temple in three days, I will build it. This man that will look into their face and tells them who they are, that points to their sin. This man that has been stealing the show of the chief priests is now gone for good. It will be a mixture of joy and sorrow for the disciples. But it will last for three days. As we learn from the scriptures, after three days, there was the resurrection. The resurrection puts the high priest in pandemonium, but placed the disciples in the mood of joy. When they saw the raised Christ walking through the wall without the <clears throat> instrument of the door or window, they were filled with joy that the grave could not hold Jesus was a source of joy. So within three days, these little wiles happened. In the second place, there is the long little wiles. This little wiles is in quotation mark. This little while. But if you look at verse 16 up to where we stop, the, the, the phrase little while was mentioned how many times? Verse 16, a little while. Verse 16. A little while, verse 17, a little while, verse 17, again, a little while, I will see me, and then verse 18, a little while, and verse, uh, verse, 
19, a little while, and, and, and on and on and on. So there's this little while. So this, there's a longer little while. And this is, is because he mentioned to them that he will be going to the Father. So this is beyond the three days scenarios that happen in Jerusalem. Because I'm going to the Father. Look at verse 17. Some of the disciples say to one another, what is this that he says to us a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me and because I'm going to the Father? And, it, uh, uh, and then and on and on. And, and, and he, you see, we are, we are going to be sorrowful in the meantime. And he gave uh, an, uh, the analogy of a woman giving birth. And then verse 22, so also you have sorrow but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This one does have some measure of permanence. Because after the three days, Christ uh, went back to heaven, and the disciples did have some measure of joy, knowing that Christ is alive. But the fact that he is gone physically also put them back in the place of some disadvantages, because persecutions ensued afterwards. But he's saying, when I see you again, your joy, no one will take it from you. I'm going to the Father, then you will see me again, and then your joy will become permanent. So, there are three things will happen to disciples. The resurrection will be a cause of joy. Christ is no longer in the grave. In the second place, they will have the opportunity to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit and there will be a communion with the Father. Verse 23, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You recognize that the disciples up to this point don't even know how to pray because there was no need to pray. Jesus himself was with them. You can't look at Jesus in the face and say, I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Jesus and the Father are one. So while he was here physically, they could ask anything of him and then he would grant it. Now he's going away. There will be sad, there will be sorrow. Uh, but in the intervening period, there will be an opportunity to pray by the work of the Holy Spirit as we saw last week. So the communion with the Father will serve as a source of joy. There will be a direct contact with the Father by the Holy Spirit and then God will be answering their prayers. This will be a source of joy over and above the persecutions and the ridicule that they will suffer, they will be in constant communion with the Father. And the third source of joy is, I will see you again, speaking about his second coming. Christ will come back again, and then their joy no one will take away from them. A short little while happens in three days. The long little while will happen uh, when he comes back. The, the length of time from that time to the end of the age, Jesus refers to it as a short 
little while. We live in the little while of our expectation of Christ. In the third place, one of the lessons I want us to learn this morning is that what should they be doing now that Christ is gone physically? They will be praying. There will be an, uh, a, a demand for them to pray. Look at verse 23 again. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now that Christ is no longer with them physically, they have to rest on the instrument of prayer to connect with God, to connect with Christ spiritually by the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, their life will depends on this. Uh, it, it's not enough for them to, to complain that their master is gone. It is that they will not seize the moment uh, and the opportunity of prayer to reach out to God and their prayers will be answered. That if they fail to seize the moment and to use the instrument of prayer, they will be left alone all by themselves. But Christ was so clear to the disciples, it will be time of sorrow. I'm not lying to you. I'm not going to color it. You are going to weep. I mean, weeping is more than crying. How many of you have seen an adult weep before? If not, particularly men. Have you ever seen a soldier cry before? Have you had an opportunity to see a military man cry? I have seen. He said, they will weep. And look at the difference between Jesus as a teacher and our modern day pastors. There's no hiding any facts. <laughs> he said, you will weep. You will cry. But when you see me again, you will rejoice. Amen. Uh, that, that, is, that is a good master who will not uh, want to placate you and, 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 and lie to you. It's, this is going to be painful. And, and, and let's look at pregnant women. I, I have not been one before, but some, some of our sisters have been through pregnancy. Uh, when you go to is it anti, anti, uh, antenatal, what are the things they will be telling you? I don't know much. Uh, if you go to private, posh, upper, middle, upper class antenatal, there is an egg treatment that they will give to you. They'll give you water, they'll give you everything, they'll even give you ice cream, they'll give you, of course, you are paying. They'll give you apple, they'll give you pears. But if you go to a general hospital, I don't know if, there's, if they are metro, you say, let me just close my mouth, eh? because we are still in the business. You go to, we go to the general hospital, where some metron are in charge. Not all general hospitals, there are some, there are some general hospitals, there are general hospitals and the general hospital. Those ones, they will tell you. They will tell you. He said, Madam, you no give us problem here. Nobody us give you belly. Okay? Nobody us give you belly. Don't give us problem here. This is the way they were like this. You go cry. This is the way. Why are you not strong? Why are you not. You go suffer. 
But they will tell you. They will give you apple. That, they, don't, they don't give you apple. I, I, I doubt it. They give you water, self. <laughs> and then on the day of delivery, you come to General Hospital. Not all General Hospital, because recently I went to a so-called General Hospital with my wife, and we changed our mind. It's not because one of our members is a doctor there, but what we saw was quite reasonable. I mean, it changed my mind about General Hospital. I actually wanted to register my card at Asokoro General Hospital. They are doing well there. But there are some general hospital. Your wife is in labor. I remember when my pastor wife was in labor many years. I was not married there, and I took her to the hospital. And she was screaming. She was crying. And they were insulting her. On top of the crying. They said, he was saying, Jesus. I said, I close my mouth. Now you go to church. You should call Jesus. And I was waiting at the, at the corridor. The pastor, the owner of the woman was not in town. I was just waiting for help. And they thought I was the husband. And they came. I said, where, where is the bag? I said, which bag? They said, the bag, the bag. They said, look, look at his head. Look at his head. It's only Belen is a big woman. You don't know anything. I said, go, 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 and bring the, 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 the bag. I don't even know what to do. That is, that is general hospital. <laughs> I mean, they are generals. They are generals at the general hospital. They are, they are, they are and you behave them. I say, Madam, push you. Madam, push you. Ah. And I remember well, the woman, the, the lady finally delivered. And by herself, they were not there. And then there was a lot of Tears, T E R T E A R, and they need to do some. I don't know how they call that thing again. Is it episode? I don't know how they call. It. They need to clean, and she was crying, and they left her alone. And in the night around two a.m., she was dying, and I went and called. I said, ah, "That useless woman. When I wanted to help her in the afternoon, she didn't allow to help her. But she wanted to make she die, and that kind of thing. I mean, it was the, the picture the Lord is painting." To this disciple is it, that the sorrow you are going to face on earth is like that of a person that is about to give birth. I mean, how many of you have given birth smiling with toothpick before? It's like, uh, and then eating suya. Yeah? Uh, the first time my wife gave birth, uh, I was in Wusema. Before I got there, she had delivered. There was no too much of drama. But the second one, I was in the UK when the second one came. She didn't tell me her misbehavior in the hospital, but her friends told me what she was, they kind of speaking in tongues that, that was going on. Uh, this beautiful, gentle, you know, they talk joy, scatter everywhere. And, and all that stuff. It, it, it is so painful. Even though it may last for one hour, sorry, there's some pregnant woman here. Am I scaring you? I don't know why. Even though it's going to last for one hour, it looks like an eternity, isn't it? The labor, the labor period, that period, that two days, that one day, that two hours, that three hours of pushing of, of labor, say 1 cm. They say it's 2 cm now. Eliezer, you're looking at me, eh? <laughs> you're looking at me. <laughs> that 1 cm, they say it's, it's now, I don't know which cm is the cm now. It's okay. Now push. Down, push. And then boom. 
Jesus is saying, disciples, the kind of pain that my absence will bring upon you is like that of a woman that is about to deliver. And they did, they, they did suffer it. Almost all the disciples, except John, went through harrowing death. Some of them were crucified upside down. Some of them were, 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 were beheaded. Some of them, so, I mean, they went through it. They went through it. They went through it. They went through it. What, what the hope that kept them was that we will see our master again. And then our joy, nothing will take away from us. From us. From us. Let me just give some words of application this morning. I want, I, I want you to know that the absence of King Jesus in this world is a source of sorrow, of chaos. The reason why this world is upside down, the reason why the church is going through persecution is that Oga is not around bodily. Even though we have the Holy Spirit helping us, sustaining us, Jesus is not here physically. So the believers, the, the saints, are going through hell. And the world, they carry on a play football. How I many of you know if parents travel and their children are just around, neighbors, eh? they will knock their head. Yes, some of the things teachers do to children in the school, if their parents are sitting down there, they will dare not do it, isn't it? It's not around. It's, it's a cause of sorrow. This world is happy that our guy is not around. The Pharisees are happy. They're having a few day. Dictators, Satan, are running around, killing people. Christ is not here physically. The absence of Christ is joy to this world. They are reigning now, but their joy will not last for too long. We are suffering now, but our suffering will not last for too long. This intervening period is called a little while. You have to put it, don't say, ah, Christ, where don't go since 2,000 years? When will he come back? Uh -uh. The Bible calls it a little while. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse, let me read from verse 36. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Verse 37. For a little while, and the coming one, that is Christ, will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. It's a little while. There is a popular chorus 
that we used to sing before, soon and very soon, we are going to see the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the Lord. Death is raining now, you know. They say, you know, I, I don't know if you have gone to the jungle. I have been there on two occasions. I used to follow my uncle, the hunter, as a young child. If all the bigger animals, the big five, like if any forest where there is no lion, there is no uh, elephant, there is no, mention the five, the big five, lion, elephant, tiger, mm -hmm. and the big five, the, 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 the rhinoceros, and all those big, any forest you don't have them, monkey, baboon, they, 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 get, they get power. See, if a buffalo just made a sound, all the monkeys will just disappear. All the lion needs to do is to roar. And the monkeys, they'll, they'll vanish. It is it. I recall, it's some years ago, my grandfather's farm, there are a lot of monkeys there eating our bananas and, and cola nuts. If women go to the farm, you see monkeys teasing women, <laughs> jumping up and down, and women will be crying, shouting. Once a man is coming with cutlass and uh, they disappear. Death is raining. Dictators are raining because the owner of this world is not yet seated on the throne physically. He is enthroned in heaven at the right hand of the Father, but we are waiting for the new earth, the new heaven, where Christ will physically reign upon the earth. It is that earth that we are waiting for. All this gra-gra will not last forever. A day will come. Our Lord will return. That is the hope of all Christians. Don't mind them. But don't allow anyone to fool you. A Christian life is difficult. It will be difficult. It will be more difficult. You will be persecuted at workplace, in the home. But Christ will come back. Secondly, I want you to remember, my friend, that pain will not last always. Uh, look again at the analogy of, of a woman with, with, with pregnancy. Verse 21. When the woman is giving birth, she has sorrow. And the reason for the sorrow is that her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she doesn't remember the anguish. You see, labor no labor lasts forever. Hmm? It's either you deliver the baby or you die. That is the two, that is the two possibilities, isn't it? When a woman walks into the labor world, there's no infinity. There's no labor infinitum. But when she delivers, the end has come. She will forget her sorrow. Is that true that after I deliver, immediately you forget everything? Is that true? I'm not sure. 
Samson said no. Is that true? That how, how, how many minutes after delivery before you say care? Some even saw their husband doing the labor. Eh? I said, Baba, Baba, Baba John, your head though, I'm not going to do it again. Who saying I lie? <laughs> and the moment of delivery, six miles again, and there's a baby. If I, I think the, the reason for the forgetfulness is that there's a baby. There's a human being born into the world. Our physical suffering here on earth is but for a little while. I want you to remember that. No pain lasts forever. Poverty, sickness, disease, affliction don't last always. Issues in marriages, divorce, suppressions, they don't last always. Look at how Paul put this in perspective. Look, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Actually, it was, it was uh, Tam and Stephanie that introduced me to 2 Corinthians. This is Tam's favorite. Chapter 4, verse, this is from verse 16. Of Second Corinthians. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasted away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Look at how Paul put it. For the light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They are temporal. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Hold on! Sorrow will not last always. As a pastor, I have had the great opportunity to stand beside the bed of those who will die inevitably, who have uh, terminal, terminal diseases. And I have watched people die in my hand. I have seen cancer suffer. Myself and my wife was with this one woman in Galadamawa here that we know attends a different church that suffered cancer for three years. Suffered breast cancer for three years. Whoa. And there was a day we went to the is it oncology? Is it oncology? The oncology ward in National Hospital to see her. I discovered there are many cancer sufferers. I mean, look at people suffering cancer. I have I have encouraged, there's one Mr. Lupia in Zambia that I sat with him all through the process of enduring the pain of cancer. It is painful, no doubt. But there are two realities. It's either Christ come or you die, isn't it? And for us as Christians, death is a good thing. <laughs> to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And Paul said that is by far better. 
For us as Christians, death is but a transition. So we look at suffering from a different prism than unbelievers. We do not lose hope. Trouble never lasts always. And those who are in the Lord at the moment when they put down these earthly bodies, asthma, cancer, whatever it is that they suffer, that is the end. That is the end. That is the end. No, I used to bore you with my story. I have family members that are not Christians, so once in a while, you run into them. They have masquerades that comes back once in a year to tell us what is happening in the world of, uh, of the dead. The, the one thing that is consistent in the masquerade story is that they will never tell us that your father is sick. Obviously, there's no sickness in the, in the grave. The only thing they will say, your father is hungry. You've not been giving sacrifice. Your father has not been eating for some time. But we are sharing our own food with your father. Please bring goats, bring sacrifice. To it's only hunger. I mean, that is my, my, it's only hunger we're told that happens in the other side. But instead of sickness, uh, and those goats go to native doctor anyway. Too. They, are the, they, are the mediate, they eat on behalf of the... Of the, of the, the. Hey, what a system. Always remind yourself a Christian is waiting for his master to come back. This is not a lie. This is not just to make you happy. Jesus will come back. If Jesus will not come back, Christianity does not make sense. Life itself, if there is no terminus to all of this, what is the point of life itself? The reason why we wake up every day with smiles on our faces is not because next year somebody will win an election and Nigeria will be better. It is that we wake up every day knowing that soon and very soon we are going to see the Lord. Soon and very soon. Because a thousand years for God is born a day. Soon and very soon. Brother, hang on. Do not lose hope. The second coming of Christ will be pure joy. And no one can take that away from us. As I close the read this scripture with me, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. 2 Peter. I can't hear your Bible. Oh, yeah, using an iPad. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the God, of day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Let's from verse 6. Paul is about to die. He has been sentenced to death by beheading. He's waiting for his execution. 
He said, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. Look at it. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also all who love is appearing. Psalm 17, verse 15. Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me, Psalm 17, verse, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. <laughs> when I wake, when I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. When believers open their eyes on the other side, they will not be disappointed. They shall be satisfied. Now, if you're not a Christian today, all you have is the now. Your joy is about your certificate, your degrees, the car, the houses, your wife, your children. That is all you have. But when you die, you have nothing. The story of the rich man and Lazarus is for your admonition. All of a sudden, it switched. Lazarus that was sick is now <laughs> in heaven. The rich man is now in hell. Even asking Lazarus to dip his finger in the water. Hell is not a philosophical Christian idea. Hell is real. Heaven is real. And if there's no heaven and hell, Christianity does not make sense. God will punish evildoers in hell. It is appointed unto man to die. How many times? No purgatory. After that, judgment. Judgment. I hope this encourages our heart today. The night that Christ was to be arrested, he called his disciples together and he said, I'm going away. My absence surely will be a source of sorrow. But you'll see me again. And to his word, in three days they saw him. The resurrection was a, was a confirmation that you will see Christ one day. It was the foretaste of what will happen. And he told them, you will see me again. They waited for him. We are still waiting for him. And one of these days, he will come back. Hang on, hold on. Fight sin. Fight temptations. Pursue righteousness. Pursue holiness. Fight the good fight of faith. Soon, the Lord will award you the crown of righteousness. Amen. Father, let, you, let it be that all of us are waiting for you. Maranatha. Maranatha. Maranatha, Father. Amen.